Is a degree in biomedical science useless? The best part of biomedical science is also the worst part of biomedical science. The biggest difference between an entry level job versus a high, more advanced level job is interesting that this job does not really require you to be publishing actively. You won't be able to build a career in biomedical science until you come to terms with one big concept. The thoughts expressed in this podcast are my own views. They do not express the values of my employers. Welcome back to episode 32 of the Biolab Collective with Jack Wayne podcast. My name is Jack and we talk about the business of science and how all the headlines in science and tech informs us about the jobs of the future. And the launching point for this episode is around a Reddit thread that I've been combing through recently, where the people in the UK, but I think all over the world, consider biomedical science to be a worthless or useless degree in terms of finding a job. I am a microbiologist, which is, if you like, a sub-branch of biomedical science, although most microbiologists like myself consider us to be the premier tier of biomedical science. It's very easy to look at this kind of headline and feel a little slighted as someone in the profession or be a little frustrated that the main idea behind why we do what we do is not out there in the ether. They're worried that it might get harder to find jobs as the years go on and whether or not people have wrecked their life over picking a degree with a lot of flexibility built in rather than training you for one very specific profession like accounting or law or something to that nature. And the most upvoted comment in response to this initial question is all around the huge list of careers people with biomedical science can go in and do, which includes medicine, accounting and finance, consulting, investment banking, tech or data science, patent law, big pharma or healthcare, and people as they progress through third and fourth year in biomedical science degrees have their pick of which area to further specialize in. But the biggest strength of biomedical science is also its biggest weakness. It's very versatile. It could be anatomy, physiology, microbiology, biochemistry, immunology. All of these are considered biomedical sciences. But unless you have a very clear subspecialty beneath that, people who are in the field of science don't really know what kind of scientist you are. I know very little about human anatomy, but I'm a microbiologist. Someone who specializes in anatomy and maybe physiology would know very little about biochemistry. Yes, it's great that you can study all of these different things, but you should consider some element of specialization, not just a general biomedical scientist, which does a little bit of everything when the economy is not going particularly great and the only jobs that are available have a very specific box for one very specific person to fill, then people coming in from different degrees and different training to fill a very specific role, that kind of imagination won't be present for recruiters. And then there's a little bit of a struggle, but economies go and swing and roundabouts. If you're a first year studying a degree that you're worried is out of favor, then three or four years time when you graduate, it's really uncertain. It's really hard to figure out what will actually be the thing in demand. So at the end of the day, it comes down to what fulfills you intellectually. If you go into a biomedical science degree not knowing why you want to do it, thinking that It is a good backup plan for medicine and therefore you're just doing every little thing. You're not actually specializing in an area of science. Those are the people who struggle the most when they graduate because they are not a very specialized scientist at the end of those kind of degrees. They are a med student in waiting or a med student in training. You should go into biomedical science with a very clear thing that you would really be interested in doing. So once again, biomedical science is definitely not a useless degree, but you do have to plan it very carefully and strategically right from the outset, from first 
first, second year, you should know what you want to do and how you want to work as a biomedical scientist. So what we will do today is go through three jobs that have been listed in the past week on the biggest Australian job listing website, seek.com.au. If you're watching or listening from other parts of the world, the same principles I'll talk to you about will apply in those other markets as well. And I'll talk you through what these three jobs are actually like in terms of your day-to-day activities. And for those of you who are paid subscribers on Substack or you are a YouTube member on the YouTube channel, BioLab Collective with Jack Wayne, you will get access, early access to my strategy for actually going about applying for those jobs. These are live job listings. There are 621 jobs listed in Australia in the category of science and technology. And I've sorted them by date. So the most recently advertised jobs are the ones that appear. Odds are jobs that have been listed and advertised for a couple of weeks. Maybe people have already started applying for those. It doesn't mean that you are out of contention automatically. It's not really first in best dressed. I'm not gonna go through all 621, but I will make this a recurring segment on the podcast where we go through and look at all the different types of jobs that are always being advertised in science and technology. Three different jobs today, none of which are in research. Most of the scientists, most people come into contact with in university, they are researchers. I'm a researcher. I do teaching as well, but I get graded on my research capabilities. But none of these jobs really involve publishing papers and getting grants. So today we'll talk through three different jobs at different levels from entry level straight away from your graduate to probably mid-career once you've got a bit more experience and to quite senior something that you'd be approaching later on your career. I'm going to talk you through what each of these jobs is like, what the day-to-day activity is. And again, if you're a paid Substack subscriber or if you're a YouTube member, I'll actually walk you through how to apply for these jobs. The first job is a QC microbiology analyst and QC stands for quality control. You often see this in conjunction with QA, quality assurance, quality control, and it is advertised on behalf of the recruitment company. So clients usually are companies, private companies, in this case, pharma companies, that would go through a recruitment service to take care of all the paperwork, all the initial screening of candidates, so that the company only has to interview the handful that have passed through this recruitment agency's stringent recruitment process. In this case, the job is based in Parkville, Melbourne, Victoria. It was advertised in posted very recently in January 2024 and it is around virology so if you have worked with viruses or if you call yourself a virologist this job would be a good fit for you. Microbiology graduates are encouraged to apply. This ultra modern facility is located in a CBD location easily accessible by public transport and has free on-site parking. Note you will not be able to work from home in these kinds of roles. Very few entry-level jobs have the ability to work from home. This is the position description. You'll see if you're watching the video version of the podcast, but if you're listening, the link to the job advertisements to all three job advertisements are in the show notes. You can go through and read it. And in there will be the selection criteria. Whether or not they tell you you have to fill in selection criteria or not, in your cover letter or CV or resume, you have to show that you meet what they're looking for. And the PD or the position description is where all that information sits. So let's comb through it. You need to have a Bachelor of Science majoring in microbiology biology or a related discipline, a good understanding of microbiology and virology techniques, aseptic technique, cell culture and pipetting experience, strong attention to detail and excellent communication skills. On top of that, they tell you a bit more about the role. You will 
report to a quality control team leader. You'll perform quality control testing using a range of techniques. You will assist in the validation of QC assays. You will write SOPs, standard operating procedures. You will do cell culture. You will do assay and pipetting, and you will need a septic technique. Submit a resume in Word. You fill in a cover letter addressing the selection criteria above, and you need to be an Australian and New Zealand resident with valid work rights. So again, if you're watching, listening from overseas, this is a Australian or New Zealand-based job. So let's talk through it. What is this kind of job like? A job in QC or QA means you will have to be very hands-on in the lab. You'll be setting up experiments, you'll be testing experiments, and your job is to make sure the experiment is reproducible and that anyone can come along, follow the protocol, follow the standard operating protocol, follow the cookbook recipe, and at the end of it, they will get results that fall within a certain error range. Hopefully that's a very minimal amount of error. Hopefully the variation in numbers out of a particular experiment is maybe in the five to 10% range rather than a 20 to 30% range, depending on the experiment, tolerance for error can be really, really low. Like you might have a margin of less than 1% error to be very confident in that standard operating protocol. But your day-to-day job will be to run these experiments do the protocol, document these very carefully so that anyone can follow it. A brand new graduate, like many of you, can go and follow the protocol and get very reproducible results. And the kinds of techniques this particular job is looking for involves cell culture, pipetting. I would recommend having basic understanding of instrumentation, for example, plate readers and biochemical assays, virology techniques, working with agar media, PCR. This is a entry-level graduate position so they go out of your way to talk about the idea that the training will be provided as long as you've got the basics. So if you're freshly graduated throughout your uni degree, hopefully within the last couple of years, you've done these techniques on a number of occasions. You'd be even more competitive if you have some kind of research project or hands-on lab experience outside of your official studies. But ultimately, it's your ability to keep very good notes and do these experiments. But your primary currency, I suspect, will be your ability to do these experiments in a way that is very reliable. So it's your hands-on skills. You do have to report to a line manager, yes, like most of these jobs, but it's not just communicating to your immediate superior. You will likely be working in a team, multiple people who are trialing out this experiment to check that it is indeed reproducible. So your written communication has to be excellent. People can read your notes, follow your instructions. Your verbal communication has to be good as well because if you're trying to figure out something that you can't quite crack, you can talk with a peer and say, hey, when you tried this experiment, what did you find to be the trickiest part of it? can we make that clear in the SOP? And that's what it takes to get into this kind of QA, QC job, hands-on experiments, coupled with very detailed note-taking and communicating to a range of people within your team, as well as to your immediate line manager. That setting was for a private pharmaceutical company. So in all likelihood, they are trying to develop a new test and they are trying to sell that diagnostic test to different labs so that they can then use these virology testing kits very reliably and make money. And if that kind of work is successful, you will develop a testing protocol or a testing kit that will flow over into the mainstream and there'll be medical scientists who can use those SOPs and roll with the kit in a reproducible way and test thousands and thousands of samples very, very quickly. And that's the next job we're gonna talk about. A medical scientist based in Melbourne, in this case, in the rural Melbourne hospital. I will not talk about any jobs that 
I, of course, have a conflict of interest in any of these jobs where I either know the recruiter directly or I'm on the selection committee or the panel. Obviously, I can't talk about them. That's just a conflict of interest. That's unethical. All of these jobs, I'm just telling you about the generic nature of the role and what that job involves day to day. So you've got more of an insight going in to see if you want to do that or if you were to apply, how you would go about applying for it. And the medical scientist is going to require a high level of experience and more advanced understanding of what's involved because you need to hit the ground running. You'll be working with patient samples, not in a theoretical scenario. You'll be dealing with thousands upon thousands of patient specimens using very rigorous standard operating protocols that in all likelihood, someone else wrote and tested. This is a job in the Enteric Virus Reference Laboratory based in the Peter Doherty Institute for Infection and Immunity. And they are basically testing for enterovirus, poliovirus, norovirus. A lot of these are gastrointestinal viruses that cause food poisoning or gut infections, a lot of vomiting and diarrhea. So in this case, it involves virus culture as well as molecular characterization by reverse transcriptase PCR and DNA sequencing. The staff strictly adhere to NATA, OGTR, and DAF regulations. What does acronyms mean? NATA, OGTR, DAF. I'll go into that in the job hunter post that's reserved for paid subscribers on Substack. What is needed to apply for this job? You'll need a Bachelor of Science or equivalent. So you don't need a PhD to do this job. You need excellent organizational time management skills, self-motivated laboratory experience, preferably in virus culture and molecular biology, and experience working in a regulatory environment such as compliance with NATO accreditation. And if you click through to the official position description, it'll give you the key accountabilities. You will need to perform diagnostic testing, process stool specimens, and wastewater so if working with slightly strange biospecimens grosses you out either get over it or find a different role characterize and type enteric viruses using rt-pcr rt-qpcr maintain mammalian cell lines perform virus culture form dna sequencing maintain databases maintain logs of reagents and inventories order consumables prepare reagents adhere to sops comply with quality systems participate in ongoing training education so this is all pretty standard for this kind of role being a medical scientist the day-to-day you will be processing a lot of samples. The good thing is these samples usually are pretty streamlined by the time they get to you. Hopefully the facilities that collect those samples have a very organized barcode system or naming system so that it goes straight into your database. You don't have to worry about that part of it. But if it's a brand new lab that's not yet been accredited for reference lab, then you might have to set that up from scratch. But thankfully, most of these labs that are advertising have a fair amount of budget. These systems have already been set up. Then your day involves going through and doing all of these SOPs and then interpreting the results. Every day will probably be a mix of both for setting up these virus cell culture experiments and then doing the actual experimenting, entering the test results into a database and making sure you don't run out of reagents because as soon as you run out of reagents, whether it be a bottle of media for cells or some kind of antibody or some kind of machine, that needs to be serviced. As soon as one of these things break down, testing chain is interrupted and you get a huge backlog of specimens to test. So your day is both playing offense, trying to get that sample number down while playing defense at the same time, making sure that you're ready for the next day and the next week's worth of testing. And everything you're doing needs to be super, super organized. You don't actually get that much freedom because if you go off rogue and you start doing things in an order that suits you, then the next person doing the testing, they can't read your mind. So it's about adhering to a very, very strict SOP. At the end of every day, you need to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's. If you're someone who likes to keep the house and car super organized, 
you don't like to embrace the chaos in something like research, then this kind of job suits you very well and you get that intellectual satisfaction of being very organized. So it's hard to succeed in this role straight out of a degree. You do need to have experience working in an environment that is regulated and has to comply with not accreditation, strict and set protocols that someone else has set up. So unless you've got that experience, hopefully from your days working and studying at university or college, it's actually very difficult to be competitive for this job unless you've been building these experiences all throughout your degree. Because you're not involved in revamping or setting up the laboratory from scratch, this is not a super senior role. The responsibilities you will get will also be capped. You'll be doing this job, hopefully you'll be very good at it, but it's not considered a truly senior level position in most of these labs. And that brings me to the final job I talk about, which is considered to be a very senior level job. And that is a job of being a laboratory manager. This next job is being advertised in Adelaide, part of a biopharmaceutical materials and devices lab. Again, it was posted very recently in January, 2024. To be successful, what do you need to do in this kind of job as a laboratory manager? You need to have experience in a wide range of instrumentation and equipment in PC2 and OGTR facilities. You need to know the operating procedure. You need to track high-risk materials, waste disposal labeling, risk assessments using biosafety hoods, autoclaving, PCR machines, STS page, chromatography, fluorescence microscopy, flow cytometry, etc. That's a wide range of instruments. Cell culture, bacterial culture, problem shooting, risk and work, health and safety standards, technical services. By the time you have all of these different skills, skills and experiences, odds are you have a PhD. So you need to have a PhD degree, subsequent relevant experience working within a PC2 lab. You have a PhD and you worked as a postdoc for a number of years. Overview of all of these different kinds of experiments, all of these types of equipment. Or if that's not the case, then you've worked as a research assistant in a very intensive research environment for a very long time. And now you want to transition to more of a job where you are involved in managing the research than doing the research yourself. What is actually involved in the day-to-day -day of this job? It will vary wildly based on the lab you are in, but you're essentially working in a big team with other postdoctoral scientists who are full-time researchers. You will work, of course, with the lead chief investigator who's the lab head, who may or may not be in the lab anymore. They might be full-time just applying for grants and just publishing papers and they don't have time to be in the lab themselves. Or you might be actually doing some experiments yourself and helping the lab do experiments on that level. And you might also be working with very junior staff. So it is a very all-encompassing role depending on the type of research group that you're working in. But it can also be very fulfilling because you get to be involved in every aspect of the scientific discovery process without being the person under the pump, feeling the pressure of having to apply for these grants and having to write these papers. You're involved in organizing and managing all the research around it. There is a big portion of your job that will be involved in paperwork. So there are going to be ethics applications if you're doing any kind of work with animals or human cells or human participants. A lot of safety regulations you need to be aware of. There's also a bunch of risk assessment forms you need to fill in and update as you order new chemicals in and you're trialing new chemicals. You also have to make sure the instrumentation, the equipment is serviced 
and up to date and it's not going to run out of a certain chemical update the inventories and order new chemicals as they come in as people run out of antibodies for instance you need to be on top of all of these things so straight away you can realize that this is a significantly higher level job than that entry level graduate job as a QC analyst in microbiology where you're just designing experiments testing them out and reporting to one line manager in this case being a laboratory manager you might be the person that QC analyst is reporting to but you are having to manage 10 QC analysts under your purview much more of a senior level position but again it's interesting that this job does not really require you to be publishing actively does not require you to be applying for grants yourself this is just managing the business of science and getting all of your ducks lined up in a row these kinds of jobs are under publicized in science and tech usually people think unless you're the starter you're the founder you're the person driving all the innovation you're not doing the coolest part of science but really without these jobs without these qc without these medical scientists without these managers of laboratories and managers of research none of the business of science can run effectively even the most brilliant minds in science and tech won't be able to make discoveries unless we get the fundamentals and the foundations sorted out the links to these job advertisements are currently live and they're all listed in the show notes below if you're a paid subscriber on substack or a youtube member follow me on the next posts where i'll talk through the strategy i would use to apply for each of these jobs at the end of the month i'll compile all the jobs i talked about over the past podcast episodes you can find that video linked here when it's ready to go i'm jack hope to connect with you again in the next episode